Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. So if, if you're a little bit bored with your coffee and conversation on a Sunday morning, 9.30, just come and join us in here for the Grow Kids Family Service. Have a little bit of fun. All right, we better get moving. Time-wise, how are we doing? All good. So... House to House is our series for the month we've been working our way through. We have been coming out of the scripture in Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. So we're going to kick off with the scripture. I'm just going to read that out here to revisit it. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Then fear came over everyone, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and humble attitude, praising God and having favour with all the people. And every day the Lord added to them those that were being saved. So that's our scripture that we're working through this month. Just put that down there. And Pastor James kicked us off in our first week, talking about the early church in Jerusalem and some of the ways that they functioned and did life and did church, and how there's elements of what they were doing that we want to see actually here, happening here at Monash. Now, we've already seen a bit of it this morning, and Pastor James said, said, use the right words, I think, family, it's family. So we're a community, but we want it to be like family, that we fellowship around the love and life of Jesus. And Pastor James also confirmed for us that we were going to stick with the current model that we're running with. So we have our gathered services here where we join together. It's the group, it's the large communal group, worshipping, surrendering together. And uh, then we have our home churches and our connect groups. And that's the context where we nurture and develop those transformational relationships. That's where people are cared for, that's the pastoral care. And we really want people to be in both of those spaces. We want you here at the gathered and we also want you in the uh, home churches and connect groups. Now last week, Pastor Tam delved a little further into the why of the small groups particularly the home churches and that connection with devotion to God and one another that was expressed in the early church. The idea that nobody back then saw themselves as an individual, they didn't see themselves in isolation to the community. They fully embraced the idea of family. Acts 2.44, they had all things in common. And 45, they took care of each other's needs and they gathered in each other's homes. Now as we continue to look at building, because the underlying thought behind the house to house is how to build a connected, healthy and growing church. Today we're going to have a little bit of a look at our discipleship framework, some of the language that we use, some of the approaches we will take uh, in applying the discipleship framework here at C3 Monash. But just before we do that, a couple of thoughts on discipleship or on being a disciple. All of this community, the connection, the doing life together, it all happens in the context or in parallel to our own journeys of discipleship. In Acts we see for the disciples in Acts, for them it says that being a disciple looks like being devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread and prayers, and being devoted to meeting together, the fellowship. But that word devoted or devotion is the Greek proskitero, and it actually means to be earnest towards something, to constantly diligent seeking something. And that word speaks to the intentionality and the intensity of the discipleship journey. It's action-orientated. Being a disciple is being on the front foot, leaning into the discipleship process. You cannot be a passive disciple. 
Now, the early church, the disciples of the early church were eagerly seeking to enact and apply the ways of God in their everyday lives. And the call that Jesus had them to follow him, whoops, sorry, follow me, their answer to Jesus' call to follow him wasn't simply a confession of faith in Jesus. It was instead the obedient act of continually following after him. So we understand, as far as discipleship goes, Jesus taught that faith in him is to follow him. But we know that through Scripture, we see it's actually not always an easy follow. Who knows that? Who knows that being a disciple is not actually always that easy? <laughs> That's right. It's, it uh, wasn't an easy follow. It wasn't short-term. And if we brought it into this day and age, into our context, discipleship isn't participation at or attendance at a church service, church event, or ministry. It's not even a momentary encounter with God on the altar. It's all of those things and so much more. Discipleship is a way of life. It is a thousand small decisions day in and day out over the course of a lifetime. And so central was the idea of discipleship to the gospel that Jesus devoted some of his final words to drawing our attention towards it when he issued the Great Commission. Now, Jesus could have said, read your Bibles more. He could have said, pray more. He could have said, worship more. All very good things that we should all be doing. But he didn't. Instead, he chose to say, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. So what Jesus set in motion here was the lifelong process where imperfect people, that's us, would over time be shaped by circumstance and the other imperfect people in our community into Jesus' likeness. That we would become more and more like him. That's discipleship. The Greek term for disciple is mathetes, but it means more than simply someone who learns or is a student. Scholar and author Arthur Moen says, in the school where Jesus teaches, enrollment alone doesn't count. Being a disciple means a lot more than simply showing up for class. It's not even about taking notes and reading the right books. It's about listening, understanding, and acting accordingly. Jesus' disciples are the ones who put his instruction into action. Jesus teaches living 101, and the only way to pass is to exhibit the results in daily living. Let me ask you a question. What picture does your daily life draw for the people around you? If a movie was being made about your life, would your love for and following of Jesus be the key theme or the major theme in that film? Do those that you live with, work with, go to school with, interact with on social media, do they know the role that Jesus plays in your life just because of interacting with you? Lots and lots of decisions every day following Jesus. Is that visible to the world around you? Now, the good thing is it's a process, a lifelong process, and it is marked by movement and progression, not perfection, which is good news for all of us. So, our discipleship framework. Some churches call a next steps pathway or a growth track. Uh, typically, not always, but typically you find it's a, a set of linear or sequential steps that people can move through. For us, we call it a framework and it's circular. Why? Because we here at Monash believe that the discipleship journey isn't linear. It's not always a smooth process. It's not one step after another. Life is often messy. 
And so therefore, so is the discipleship process. Yeah, we take a few steps forward, and then we end up taking a couple of steps back. Now, I was talking with my wife, Michelle, about this the other night. And she said, it sounds like a curriculum spiral. I said, like a what? A curriculum spiral. Because what we're trying to, I suppose, um, or endeavouring to do here is to understand that instead of taking a couple of steps forward or three or four steps forward and then you're finished, this never ends. It doesn't end. You sit within the framework and you're constantly moving around. But the idea of the curriculum spiral is that you revisit the same content or the same context often. But each time that you do and you go around, you're experiencing it at a deeper level and you're applying learnings from the levels that you've already come through. So that's actually the idea we want to conduct, we want to portray within our discipleship framework. You're on it and you're moving constantly. Having the language and having the visual is just to help us locate ourselves sometimes or position ourselves in terms of where we might be. You're going to find seasons where you might be more heavily in one than the other. You might stay in one for a long time and move through some of the others at the same time. The first one for us, though, is curious. So we have four elements to our discipleship framework. We have curious, connect, grow, and reach. With curious, the life of a believer is or should be one of curiosity. The path to faith often begins that way. Somebody who's curious about God or church, someone in your world sees you living for Jesus and has a curiosity and is piqued and wants to discover something about that. And at the heart of discipleship journey, defined as one of learning and applying, is a willingness to be open, to explore, to question, and to search for insight. So whether at the beginning of the journey as a new Christian and just investigating the whole idea of Christianity, or whether you've been a long-term follower and perhaps you're at a bit of a crossroads in your faith, our ability to remain curious or open helps us go deeper with the God who created us, loves us, and has a plan for our lives. Curiosity remains a vital part of our faith walk, irrespective of how long we've been walking that journey. I really like a, uh, a brief interaction that Jesus has uh, with a Pharisee, a guy called Nicodemus, in, early in John. And uh, this Nicodemus is a Pharisee. He's a member of the Jewish ruling council. So he's an important person. He knows what he's talking about. But he comes to Jesus with a question. So in John 3, 1 to 5, uh, it says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, there's a little bit more back and forth between Jesus and Nicodemus, and then Jesus, almost a bit exasperated, or a bit of a smackdown nearly, just kind of says, Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Now, it's only a brief encounter, but what I really like is the fact that Nicodemus is somebody, he's someone, and he knows what he's talking about. When all these Pharisee mates are getting offended at Jesus, when they're questioning him and his authority, Nicodemus is curious. He sees something in this guy. He sees something in Jesus and he wants to know more. Now, he is a long-time follower of God and as a Pharisee, he would have known the scriptures by heart. But there's a recognition that he had still had things to learn. He was curious and his curiosity drove him to Jesus. For us, it's really important that we be curious, that we have those questions, that we take those questions to our pastors, that we take those questions to our home church leaders, 
It's important that our curiosity drives us to Jesus. The second element of our framework is connect. God created us for connection and community. Relationships are at the core of this thing that we call church. And from the very beginning, they've been front and centre of God and his plan for our lives. Now, so much so are we meant to be connected to one another that the church is referred to in Scripture as a body. And if we read 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 14, it says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. I really like how Rick Warren in Saddleback Church says it. He says, we are created for community, fashioned for fellowship, and formed for a family. And none of us can fulfill God's purposes by ourselves. When we talk about discipleship at 23 Monash and the idea of connect, this is what we're aiming for. Are you connected to Jesus? Are you connected to the community? You are very likely going to get sick of hearing the leadership say, are you connected? Are you part of a home church? Are you part of a connect group? Are you serving? Are you tithing? Are you connected to the community? With connection, though, it's also about being known and knowing others. So who in C3 Monash really knows you? All those bits and pieces that get hidden away from most people, the things that you're not so proud of or the things you're not comfortable with, who actually knows about them? Someone needs to know about them. And whose world are you looking into? Graciously holding onto and protecting their heart and their vulnerability. This is what it means to be connected at C3 Church Monash. We're not designed to stand on the fringes of the body looking in, tentatively, tentatively maintaining a loose connection, one foot in, one foot out, ready to move if it gets too uncomfortable. This is family. This is the church, the body. And like the early church disciples, we need to be all in. Moving to our next element of the, the uh, framework is grow. As disciples, we want to be growing. Growing in our knowledge of and love for God, his word and prayer. We want to be like the early disciples and grow in our devotion to God and each other, the fellowship. Now growth, positive forward movement kind of growth, requires intentionality. A lifetime of intentionality. Our salvation might be secured in a single moment of surrender, but our becoming mature disciples takes a lifetime. And I think it's important that we understand we are all moving one way or another. We are all either moving towards God or away from him. Now, you might suggest, you might think, I'm treading water, I'm not going anywhere. But let me suggest to you that unless we move continuously and intentionally towards God, the world will move you away from him. You are moving. We need to be intentional about which way we are going to move. Now, growth also comes through a lot of different channels. You might simply be curious and ask the question, God, where are you asking me to grow? What are you asking me to let go of? Is there something that I need to learn? 
You might be in a season where learning, studying and discovering new things in Scripture about Jesus, about God, is really appealing to you. You're enjoying it, you're loving it, discovering these new things. From a practical perspective, have you ever thought about taking a short course online, maybe through C3 College? Now, there's a few of us here that have done some of the online with college and still doing it. So you could talk to Nat Kingston, talk to myself, talk to Matt DeQuino. We've all been engaged in that, but it's a really good space. If you're feeling like, I want to learn more, and you are encouraged by that, don't be afraid to step out and have, have a crack. We're even looking at, I believe, and I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but we are talking with the college about how we might be able to offer some particular short courses here for the church. So there's opportunity there to really get your head stuck into it. There might be value in you going through something like the Freedom Course. And we've heard that talked about this morning, Steve and Christy Miles. 14-week journey about bringing freedom into your world. You will explore things like spiritual order, living surrendered, forgiveness, worship and the word, and have the opportunity to engage in supported prayer ministry with trained prayer ministers as a part of that journey. And I'm also told that the celebratory dinner is the best part of the whole thing. Is that right? So if you are interested in that, if you think actually perhaps there's something that has held me back, I'm not growing and I know why, as James said, you have to deal with your past before you can move into the future. If that's you, there is a space in this church, in this community, and people will walk with you on that journey. So talk to Christy and Steve about that. I always think that, um, for my world anyway, one of the primary places that I grow is when life is difficult, when life sucks when there is a challenge or a trial happening, and it doesn't always feel nice when you're in the midst of it, but for many of us, that's where we actually have our main growth. Maybe you have travelled through a really difficult season, and you've come out the other side, bigger, better, stronger, more life experience. But I want you to think of it from the community perspective again. Because when we become a Jew or disciples, it's not actually an end in and of itself. We don't stay engaged in the discipleship process purely so we can grow for our own sakes. It's for the sake of the community. There's a quote that I like, and I'm, I'm sure I've shared this before. It's a guy called John Samuels. And he was saying this in the context of church and Christians. And he says, no tree eats of its own fruit. No tree is sustained by the fruit that it produces. Now, the same is true of us. When you overcome a challenge in your life, when God interrupts your world to show or teach you something, the lesson that you learn, the gain that you get in your world, is not purely for you. Who in your world could benefit from or needs help or wisdom and can benefit from the journey that you've taken? Our awareness of and responsiveness to the voice of God in our own worlds and his leading may well be what leads you to be his voice in somebody else's life. Curious, connect, grow, and reach. It's not actually about us. The final element of our discipleship framework is reach. And it brings us right back to the uh, Great Commission. Disciples making disciples. Now, following Jesus is, means a life poured out for others, helping people see the tangible love and presence of God and inviting them to experience that. If you know Jesus, you are the light of the world. 
Matthew 5, 14 to 16, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Your mission field is wherever you happen to be at in life at this very moment. For some people, sure, that means a call to cross-cultural ministry. For most of us, though, it's our workplace. It's our neighbours. It's the parents of our kids' friends. And for the kids in the room, it actually is your friends. School is your mission field. It doesn't matter how long you have been a Christian. It doesn't matter how much left you think you have left to learn. We will all, always have lots left to learn. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you know Jesus, you carry the hope of the world within you and people need to see it and hear it. Make disciples. Love on those around you. Be Jesus in their world. Reach them with his message of grace and truth. Reach those around you. So curious, connect, grow and reach the discipleship framework at C3 Monash. And as we said, it's not linear. You get engaged in that process. You can be curious as a one-week-old Christian or as a 50-year-old Christian. There's always things to learn and grow from and stay connected. You will get sick of hearing us say that. Stay connected. And then remember that it's actually not all about you. Reach. Reach those people in your world who do not yet know the love of God. Let's pray. Father God, we give you thanks for your patience with us. Lord, we give you thanks that as we move along in life, as we make mistakes, as we fall and we take backward steps, Lord God, we thank you for your grace, your patience, Lord God. Father, we ask and pray that you would help to keep all of us on that journey of discipleship. Help us to stay connected in that process, Lord God. Bring people into our worlds and help us be this person for other people who can continue to help us and encourage us on that journey. Father, we thank you for the example that Jesus set. We thank you for the the life that he lived, the demonstration that it was, the picture that it drew for those around him. And God, we ask and we pray that you would help each of us, help our lives to draw a picture that ultimately draws people back to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.